Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Our guest on this week's Game Day Edition is beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Before he joins us, let's get it started with my view from Section 17. Now this week we'll only have one show for you. Uh, We are moving the studio. Not great timing, but we didn't have any choice, so we won't have time to get two shows up. We will be situated in our new digs by the end of the week so that we are ready to roll and be back next week with our regular two shows in preparation for the game. What a satisfying win it was on Saturday. What we saw is the reason Jim Harbaugh hired Josh Gaddis and gave him the keys to this offense. In the past four years, we played bully ball, which is just fine, but when we could not run the ball, especially against elite opponents, we struggled or we lost. On Saturday, we didn't waste time pounding the ball against a very good Spartan front. Instead, we attacked them through the air and ran the ball just enough to keep them honest. We couldn't or wouldn't do that last year. Shea Patterson was brilliant on Saturday, too. It has taken some time, but now we are seeing an offense that is capable of attacking defenses in a variety of ways. Josh Gaddis doesn't like beating his head against the wall. If they load the box, throw. When they back off, mix in the runs and the bubble screens. It's all coming together. This week is the next test. Indiana has their best team in recent memory. They went into Happy Valley on Saturday and played Penn State tough. No easy task, as we well know. They are 7-3, and and this is a huge game for them. We can't look ahead to what happens next weekend, so we have to be focused, start fast, and put these Hoosiers away. This will be a challenge, but you know that's okay. Good teams like challenges, and if you want to be a good team, These are the kind of games you need to win on the road. My guest today says he thinks this could be a very tight game. Up next on our game day segment is beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Here on the Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew. So stay tuned.
here with us on our game day segment this week to uh, take a look at that great win over the weekend against the Spartans is Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Once again, great to have you with us, Orion. Good to be back, Mike. Well, on Saturday, we saw Michigan's best performance of the year. I mean, right up there, Notre Dame and Michigan State. Take your pick, but great performances. Impressive, wasn't it, Orion? Yeah, I thought so. I I thought the offense played really, really well. They said earlier this season that the offense was hitting its stride, but I I really feel that it's doing so now over these past three, four games. What we saw Saturday, we haven't really seen since Mark D'Antonio took over. It was just a complete domination of Michigan State's defense. And and I think that that bodes well for for Michigan's transformation on offense so far. Well, and a special uh, shout-out to Shea Patterson, who had a record-setting day against the Spartans. He is just playing better and better each week, it seems, Ryan. Yeah, and and the thing with this game is that I I thought he got off to a bit of a slow start. I think he was 3 of 7 on the first two drives. Um, He he may have left a couple of throws out there. Uh, Obviously, there was a third and fourth down on a second drive where where he missed the two throws. Um, Well, It was good coverage, too, obviously. Um, But but then from there, he really settled in. I think he was 4-4 on the third drive, and and Michigan scored a touchdown to tie the game. And then he was outstanding on that 98-yard touchdown drive, I thought. Um, he made a big throw to Donald Peoples-Jones uh, to convert a third down, backed up near their goal line. Um, he had a 15-yard keeper, um, made a couple more big plays. And, and then he really settled in. You know, he, the, the thing about Shea is that I, I feel like once you get him into a rhythm um, with, with a couple of quick throws, I don't know, like screens and, and quick outs, then he really gets into his groove, and I think we saw that Saturday. He, he was really, really good. Yeah, another key, I think, early in the game, first series, first two series, is um, let him play clean, keep people off him. Don't let him get hit. That that helps everyone, but he seems to be, get better and better if he doesn't get hit earlier. I think one interesting thing is that even though he's had sort of an uneven season, they, they felt confident enough to put the game in his hands. Like, if you look back at Saturday's game, if Shea Patterson doesn't play well, and then we're in for a completely different game because Michigan basically didn't really try to run the ball um, between tackles. They really kind of scrapped what made them so successful against Notre Dame or, or, or Illinois. This was all Shea Patterson. You know, they, they put the game in his hands, and he did really well. That's one of the the good things about the offense right now. I mean, the last couple of years, we, we would have just kept pounding it and pounding it, trying to make that running game work. But we, as you said, didn't get much out of the running game uh, decided to air it out. To me, with uh, Josh Gaddis's offense, that is the difference now. We, we don't have to pound it. If you're going to come up, if you're going to load the box, if you have a good defensive front like State does, throw the ball and then open things up and it works. I think the other difference that I've been seeing is that with the check with me offense, one of the advantages is that you can take notice of what the defense is coming out in, the formation, um, and you can change a play and get into something that's more advantageous for you. And earlier in the season, it really didn't seem like Machine was doing much of that. But but now they really are with all those bubble screens. Like, if they have numbers, they'll just take the bubble screen every time. And the bubble screen is almost like a little run play. You know, they just flip it out to the side to the slot receiver, and, and they, they get a block, and they, it's like easy chunk yardage every single time. I mean, that play, it seems so simple, but it really feels like that play has completely changed the offense. Um you go back to the second half of Penn State, which is really where the whole season turned around, they started finding some success by, by throwing bubble screens in the second half. 
Um, and they almost won that game. But ever since then, the offense has been different. And, and this play has been a huge reason why. Oh, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, I think we've all seen this, the uh, the entire offense looking more comfortable right now across the board at every position group. And as you said, uh, it's taken some time. I think fans were a little bit impatient in the first four, five, six games. But they truly are hitting their stride now. I, I think the, the probably the painful thing for Michigan fans is that a, a lot of this seems similar to 2016 Penn State. The only difference is that Penn State was still able to, to get a shot at the Big Ten title, and, mm-hmm. and Michigan is officially out of it. But this might sound similar, obviously, when I say this, but it, it, it does give people probably hope for next season because the way Michigan is trending, I mean, there's 34th in offense on, on Bill Conley's SP Plus ratings. Um, if they continue improving, they could have the best offense Jim Harbaugh's ever had. Last year's offense was 25th. And that was the best offense he's ever had at Michigan in terms of those ratings, those efficiency ratings. And there's 34th right now, even after that terrible start to the season. So if they continue improving, I mean, they, they could finish really high. Um, and, and then that bodes well for next year, too, just, just the way things are working, the way things are clicking. Um, Josh Gaddis looks like he's more comfortable. Uh, the players do as well. I mean, it, it's working now. And then Michigan fans obviously will be a little disappointed that it wasn't working earlier. But, yeah. I mean, it, it, is what it, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that, too. Uh, the only thing that sort of surprised me at the uh, the end of the game, I mean, it was well out of hand uh, late in the fourth quarter, and Shea kept trotting out there. And given that we have, you know, a big game with Indiana this week, and then you-know-who at the uh, end of the season, were you a bit surprised he didn't get uh, some of the other guys' reps? Yeah, uh, I was. And then I was thinking about it, you know, if, if that was Maryland – that they were up 30, uh, 34 to 10 or whatever it was. Um, you know, they, they probably would have just taken Shea and the rest of the offense and, and first-team defense out because it wasn't just Shea. It was like all the first-team starters were still out there. Uh, but it wasn't Maryland. It was Michigan State. So I think that probably had something to do with it. Um, it, it I mean, when you do that, there's always a risk. Obviously, you saw what happened uh, with Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, they left Tua, Tua in the game, although that was a little earlier in the game, second quarter, but still. Um, there's always a risk. Michigan was fine. They, they got through it. But, yeah, I mean, it's Michigan State. I think that's how they had a little something to do with it. Well, over on the other side of the ball, defense was really impressive again. And I know the Spartans are, are de- they're definitely struggling. I think for most of the game they had three true freshman offensive linemen, which uh, is never an easy thing. But even given that, as a unit, this defense is just playing at such a high level right now, isn't it? It, it really is, seems different from earlier this season. Um, I think there's some pieces that are still finding their way, um, figuring things out. But but now, I mean, you have to give credit to Don Brown. You know, I really thought after last season, um, after last season's departures, that this defense would really take a step back. But it's really right up there, you know, with, with passing. You know, he's fielded basically a top 10 defense every single season that he's been at Michigan. And, and this season he is, is on track at finishing top 10. Um, so hats off to Don Brown. He always finds a way, no matter who he loses to NFL or graduation. Well, if there are still concerns about this team, Orion, on either defense or offense, uh, what would you say they are right now? Really, right now would be, you know, how do they match up with Ohio State? And um, I think we're really seeing a historic Ohio State team. I mean, obviously Indiana is really tough and is really good, but Ohio State's roster is just absolutely loaded. Um, they, They have as much first-round talent as I've seen since that national championship team that Urban had. Um, their 2017 class, when they signed that class, I was thinking, 
this could win another another title for them. And and right now they're on pace to do that. Uh, that 2017 class of Chase Young, uh, Jeff Okuda, um, Sean Wade, uh, Wyatt Davis. I mean, some of those guys are just so good. Um, so this is a big question right now: How does Michigan match up with them on offense and defense? I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we have uh, one roadblock before we get to <laughs> to that game. Uh, this Saturday we travel to Bloomington, uh, 3.30 kickoff, and this is a good Indiana team. They're coming off a very competitive loss on the road at Penn State, and we know what it's like to play there. This is a another huge tune-up or test uh, on the road, Orion. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you look at it, Indiana has always played Michigan tough. Um especially at Indiana. In 2015, they took Michigan a double overtime. Probably should have won that game, too, honestly, with the way they were playing. Uh, 2017, they went to overtime. I mean, this is going to be a really, really tough game. And, and Indiana's legitimately good this season. They, they really are. I think the key for Michigan is probably trying to, to get into favorable matchups, favorable coverages. Uh, Indiana's passing attack is, is pretty solid. They have like a really deep group of pass catchers. The quarterback is a little... It's the same guy that's seen Payne Ramsey, which is a kind of a disappointment because I really wanted to watch Michael Penix. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That was their new that was their new starter, and, and he added an element of explosiveness to the offense that I really hadn't seen before. Um, just this aspect of verticality, he was able to stretch defenses vertically with his arm. Ramsey is playing well, obviously. Uh, it would have been cool to, to watch Penix play. Well, I don't think a lot of Michigan fans have seen much of Indiana this year. I got to see most of the uh, Indiana-Michigan State game and was impressed, but from what you know about them, what what major problems on both sides of the ball do they pose for uh, this Michigan team on Saturday? Yeah, I'd go back to those receivers. I mean, all of them have played really good football in their career. Um, Watt Fillior, uh, he, he's really good. Um, he's leading them in receiving. Uh, he can operate from the slot. Uh, we saw Michigan have trouble with K.J. Hamler. Fillior is having a really good season. I don't know if he's as explosive as uh, K.J. Hamler, but he's pretty damn good um and he's having a really good season there are other guys too you know donovan hale has played good football there uh nick westbrook those those guys are good um hayden hendershot is having a good season there uh tight end um ty freifogel is is having a really good season actually he's their second leading receiver i mean they're just really deep you know they're they're really really deep at receiver and, and pass catching in general so i think it'll be a test for michigan secondary back seven It'll be, it'll be hard. They've had some good offenses over the last decade uh, here and there. I mean, some really good offenses. But the defense has always been porous. Uh, that is one thing this year that is, uh, it's at least a decent defense this year. Yeah, if you look at the stats, they're, they're playing better. Um, it was always interesting to me because when I did move on from Kevin Wilson, they, they hired Tom Allen, who's a defensive-minded guy. Um, so I was maybe wondering the past couple of years, like, is Indiana just always destined to, to be bad on defense no matter who they have and I think he's a really good coach um, and, and now you're seeing the fruits of his labor kind of pay off they're, they're really solid on defense I like that cornerback they had uh, Mullen mm-hmm. um, it, was a, it was a nice get from Florida I think he was a pretty good recruit some other good pieces there and, and the offense of course is still good so I, I mean they're a really tough team you know they're having a really good season um, and, and obviously the key for Michigan is you really don't want to get caught looking ahead of Ohio State no um, you just can't afford to. Uh, this is not the type of game where you can sort of 
you know, fumble around for a couple quarters, three quarters, still expect to win, you know. You'll, you'll lose if you, if you play like that. We cannot start slowly. We've been much better uh, since the Penn State game at coming out and, um, you know, getting up or not letting games uh, get out of hand early. So we need to do that, stay away from the turnovers. But, you know, it, still this game scares me because for IU, this is uh, they have a lot on the line for this year and for the future. Should have a big crowd, and you know, in years past, you still saw a lot of holes in, uh, in that crowd when they're even when there were big games. Other than well, when Ohio State shows up there, seems like it's all Ohio State people. But uh, if we let them hang around and you know look ahead, maybe a little too much to Ohio State, this this could be a tight game going into the fourth quarter, Orion. No, definitely. I mean, the the recent history suggests that you know the past four games have all been super close no matter how good the Michigan team was. I mean, it was unexpectedly close last season at Michigan. Uh, went to overtime in 2017. was really close at Michigan again in 2016. That was a game that Wilton State missed. And then 2015, I mean, Michigan was really lucky not to lose. You know, it was a shootout. Michigan yeah. couldn't stop Indiana. Um, and, and it came down to that final goal line stand, you know, when Delano Hill made the pass breakup. Uh, Indiana's good this year. And, and I think that's one big difference from those other teams. Those other teams weren't the same caliber. So it's going to be a tough matchup for sure. Absolutely going to be a battle. Around the Big Ten, though, another big matchup on Saturday. Penn State traveling uh, to Ohio State. Do you think the Nittany Lions have a prayer in Columbus? No. <laughs> to be quite frank, <laughs> I don't. Maybe, maybe if it was at Penn State. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't think so. I, I'm not that impressed by Penn State to be honest. And Ohio State, I think, is playing at a historic level, and they're so talented. I mean, they could chase Young back. Uh, I saw a stat um, on Twitter this weekend. Justin Fields has 31 passing touchdowns, so one interception. And if you add in his 10 rushing touchdowns, his total touchdown-to-interception ratio is 41 to 1, which is just nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're averaging 51 points per game. The defense is, like, number one in the, in the efficiency rankings. I mean, they are playing really, really well at this rate. They're probably going to win a national title. I don't think they'll lose to Penn State. No, and you could see that one getting out of hand with second or the third quarter because Penn State's just not built to come from behind against a team the caliber of Ohio State, are they? Oh, definitely not. And I think Penn State's weakness is the offensive line. I mean, they, they're starting, a, I think, a redshirt freshman at, at left tackle, Rashid Walker. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> man, you're asking that guy to, to pass on. Um, I mean, the, the right tackle um, has never been that great either, and he's like a fifth-year guy or, or fourth-year guy. Um, I mean, not having good or great tackles against Ohio State, I mean, that's that's really asking for trouble. Chase Young is just so good, um, and he can change the game in, in, in just one play. You know, one sack fumble, that's all it takes to change the game, and he's well – He's really capable of doing that. Well, a final question for you, Orion, and we've sort of touched along this uh, on this topic along the way, but we have to beat IU this Saturday, granted. If we do, uh, that sets up a huge game with Ohio State. And as of right now, from what you've seen of the Buckeyes, and of course you see us all year, do we have a chance when they come uh, to the big house? It'll be tough. I'll start by saying that. I mean, I've said so much about how great Ohio State is and how great their roster is and I really believe it just from watching um, what I've seen this, this season of them but this is Michigan Ohio State you know I mean there, there's always a chance I think um, Michigan hasn't won in a long time but that doesn't mean they can't be competitive I think you saw them put together really good game plans in 2015 and 2017 
so for whatever reason, you know, that the audio game plans have been really good. Um, I, I don't know. Part of me feels like this could go the way of the 2015 game. I mean, that was really closely contested. Um, and, and then in, sort of in the third quarter, Ohio State really pulled away. Um, they just had more talent and they were more explosive. Um, but Michigan, you know, hung in there for the first half and, and obviously they had a good game plan on offense and then Jake Ruda got hurt and then had to leave the game later. I don't know. I, I think it played out that way. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it was closer um, for longer than that. Michigan's playing better football. If you had asked me this question at the beginning of the year in September, I would have said no way. But yeah. but the way they're playing, I mean, they're, they're clearly trending in the right direction. I just think it'll be really, really tough to, to actually beat Ohio State. I mean, that team is just playing so well, and, and they're so talented. Uh, I mean, I agree with you there. They're, they're scary to watch. I guess the thing I, I, I think about it, it is such a huge rivalry game. We all know that. And depending what happens uh, with Penn State this week, who knows, Ohio State might be looking ahead uh, this Saturday to uh, to the game with us. But uh, this seems to me to be uh, the kind of game that Ohio State really, really has not even been challenged. They haven't broken a sweat uh, in any uh, game this year. If we get them in a game that's, that's a fight, uh, we can force them into uh, some errors and who knows what will happen there? I mean, I, I think there's a puncher's chance for this Michigan team. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point because Ohio State really hasn't been tested, you know. I mean, they, they played Wisconsin, and Wisconsin kind of kept it close uh, for a first half. But you could tell Ohio State was just on the verge of blowing that one open. I don't know, you know, what what, what might happen if they find themselves in some um, adversity? Um, we don't really know yet, so, that, so that'll be interesting to watch. I think the key for Michigan is if you can get off to a quick start like they did in 2017, make a couple big plays, I think that would really help. Um, I think this offense is, is more capable of keeping up with Ohio State's offense than in previous seasons, you know, with, with the way it's currently composed. Obviously, Ohio State's defense is playing really, really well, so it's not exactly the same situation as last year's game. But I do think Michigan is, is trending in the right direction, and, and that will help uh, in two weeks from now. Well, first things first, we have to uh, head down to Bloomington, take care of IU Saturday, and again, a very good IU team, so that should be fun to watch. With us on our game day segment this week uh, has been Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Orion, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we look forward to the next visit. Take care. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, once again, we are in great shape from an injury perspective. Here are some game day notes of interest for this Saturday's trip to Bloomington. We lead this series with 58 wins against 9 losses. The first meeting was on November 3, 1900, here in Ann Arbor, a 12-0 Michigan win. Last year, we prevailed 31-20 here in Ann Arbor, and that game was played on November 17th. Tom Allen is in his third season as head man at IU. 
His record is 17 and 18. Last year they were 5 and 7 overall, 2 and 7 in the Big 10. Their last bowl appearance was the 2016 Foster Farms Bowl, where they fell to Utah 26-24. Now, the weatherman says there will be snow showers in the morning Saturday, but in the afternoon, partly cloudy. Winds will be from 5 to 10 miles per hour and temps in the 40s, which is not bad at all for late November. That will do it for today. Again, a program reminder, we're moving our studio this week, so only one show, but we will be settled in by the end of the week. So next week, we're back with our usual two shows in preparation for the game. So we hope you'll join us. And we best not worry about Ohio State right now until we take care of business this Saturday. Indiana has a very good team, and we will have to play our best to get that W in Bloomington. So think victory, beat Indiana. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care. And as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go blue.